What's up, guys? Rick here with your betting and one and done preview for this week's RBC Heritage. I did a full dive into the DFS player pool uh, yesterday. I guess time, I don't even know what day it is anymore, but uh, that is already out on the channel. I will link it right here and I will link it in the description as well if you're listening on the audio version. But for this episode, we are going to dive into both the odds. So we'll talk about winners, outrights, uh, maybe some top five, top 10 stuff, matchups, and then we will wrap with uh, one and done information. So let's not waste any more time. Let's jump right into it. All right. So actually a little look behind the curtains, if you're watching on the video version, because I'm showing you the tournament predictor tool, uh, actually in my little visualization here, as opposed to on the website, because I just published a new version of this and I was, I was too excited to wait for it to go through. I wanted to talk about it right away because there are a few things that jump right out at me here. Uh, Rory McIlroy now 12 to one to win this golf tournament, which is the longest odds that we've seen on Rory McIlroy in honestly quite some time. You know, I, I come here almost every week and I'm like, he's seven to one, he's eight to one that that's really not a sustainable number. You know, that implies he's going to win, uh, you know, so often it's, it's just unsustainable, but now 12 to one, so the way that I have this set up, and again, if you're new to this tool, if, you, if you're if you coming back and you don't remember how this works, I essentially uh, use their statistics to run, um, it's, just, it's just a normal distribution model of how often each golfer can actually get to the target winning score at the, at the RBC Heritage. And what you're, the way to read this is uh, Rory McIlroy is going to get to the target winning score about... 12 and a half percent of the time. That's not much different week to week. He's going to win he, or he's going, I shouldn't say he's going to win. He's going to get to the winning, the, the target score. And there could be four or five guys who get to the target score. Um, he's going to get there about that often, 12 and a half percent of the time. Now Vegas is finally implying his odds at 12 to one. That is implying that he's going to win about 7.6% of the time. Normally with eight to one odds, you're talking about over 10% of the time or the implied odds. So this is the biggest value on Rory McIlroy that we have seen in quite some time. So I'm not generally a fan of betting the shortest golfer in the field, especially in a field that is this deep. But I will tell you, if you want to bet Rory, or you want to bet the shortest guy, now's the time. This is the best odds, the best value we've seen on Roy McIlroy, uh, or the favorite in whatever I can remember in, in recent in recent memory. Uh, no actually, I guess it is a little bit surprising. I mean, Webb Simpson. Webb Simpson is the um the second guy on this betting board that uh, has value. And of course, I, anecdotally, I, I love Webb. I, I've I've already bet Webb. I got him at, I believe, 30 to 1. Uh, this is a lot of the overreaction that that I talked about on the DFS video and I and I prepared us for for the last couple of, of weeks where, you know, he misses the cut on Thursday because he loses three and a half strokes on approach. That's not Webb's not going to do that again. He bounced back on Friday. He was fine. It was just too little too late. And he missed the cut. He goes from 22 to one last week to 30 to one this week at a course that should actually 
be a much better fit for him. The odds bear this out. My model bears this out. I have him getting to the winning score about 5% of the time. His Vegas implied odds put him about uh, 3% of the time he's going to win. So I like Webb Simpson from a just a personal feeling standpoint. And also the model backs it up as well. No surprise to see the model back up Justin Rose. Uh, actually, Matt Kuchar becomes a little bit of a value here as well at 41 to 1. Uh, real quick on Rose. He's still a plus value this week. I'm not going to reinvest because, you know, he was 50 last week. He's 36 to one this week. Um, that's kind of the overreaction in the other way. I, I just don't prefer to bet that. So I, I love Rose moving forward. I have a master's ticket on him. I, I love it, but I, he's not getting an investment from me this week. Um, Kucher is a small value, about half a percent. And then the big values are Kepka and DJ, which we know, we know Kepka and DJ. Um, they're being priced 40. Some places have uh, these guys at 45 to one. I've seen them anywhere from 35 to 45. That's nuts. Um, I think it's right. I think it's accurate. I think it accurately ref- reflects their chances of winning a golf tournament. So yes, they're long-term high end. And actually, I bet you if I make this shorter, if I make this January 1st of 2020, you're not going to get as many of those great results from Brooks and DJ. I wonder if that changes. Yeah, it does. Right. So if you just look from January 1st and on, Brooks and DJ are not good values. Uh, Guys that become good values are Bryson, Justin Thomas, Patrick Reed. Webb Simpson's an amazing value if you just look January 1st on. Uh, From January 1st and on, Webb Simpson gets to the winning target score almost 16% of the time. He has a little bit of a smaller sample. It's only three starts, but he gets there in a big way. Um, Finau becomes a value, Bubba becomes a value. So I, I recommend playing around with this tool, getting a, a time frame that you feel more comfortable with and rolling with that because um, obviously it changes a lot. DJ and Brooks Kepka drop off of this list um, as values. They become bad plays. So keep that in mind. The shorter sample size you go, the more recent you go, you're going to change these results quite a bit. So um Web Web gets the nod in both long-term and short-term, so I, I like that quite a bit. I do want to bring up William Hill here. Um, here are the odds on Will Hill. They were a little slow to the game on Charles Schwab Challenge. They were like the last book to get odds out on, uh, but I'm very impressed with their offerings already for RBC Heritage. So here are some of the numbers that I'm that I'm referencing. John Rahm, 18-1. to 1. That's an overreaction. I think he was 12 to one last week. He lost four strokes putting. No problem if you want to invest in that. Um, I've already bet on Webb at 30, which I talked about. Gary Woodland, 35, also got a click from me. Uh, I talked about it a lot in the DFS preview. This is a guy that thrives on less than driver courses where he can just hit that stinger out there, um, have have a bunch of looks at it. Like it's It's basically the same setup as Pebble where he won the U S open, you know, Pebble beach is the smallest greens on tour, RBC heritage, Harbor town, second smallest greens on tour. So, uh, that makes a lot of sense. A couple of other guys, um, Kuchar, I'm sorry, not Kuchar. Daniel Berger at 40 is actually still a pretty good number. I'm not going to bet it because it's highly unlikely he goes back to back, but uh Harbor town should be a good set for him. I bet Hatton at 50, um, Hatton at 50 and answer at 60, uh, 60 to one. So, Hatton has played like four rounds of golf in eight months or four tournaments, excuse me, uh, because he had the wrist surgery. He came right back off of a long break. 
played well at WGC Mexico. So he plays well off of long breaks. Then obviously he went out and won Arnold Palmer Invitational right before the shutdown. Um, so I, I like I like Hatton here. I like Answer here. Answer competes in a lot of big spots. And then um, Scotty Scheffler at sixty six to one. That's probably the 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 most of my outrights. But I want to talk about top fives, top tens, top twenties here. Where are my top five numbers? Here we go. Top five. So you can get Webb at six to one top five. That's a joke. Um, I like top five, top ten better for guys like Daniel Berger. For guys like Scotty Scheffler, Scheffler lost six shots around and on the greens last week. That's probably not going to happen again. Uh, Someone like a Brant Snedeker. Snedeker can get scorching hot. We've seen that at times. We've seen his upside be pretty high. Even if he's not winning, 16-1 to to go top five is is kind of of juicy. Uh, Let me go to top tens because that opens up a lot more of these guys, you know, that's why I really like Victor Hovland. So Victor Hovland six to one to top ten. Abraham Answer six to one to be in the top ten. Uh, even like a Harris English, like buying back, buying back in on these guys that burned everyone last week. Harris English, um, Ryan Palmer. Those are like like nothing changed from last week, right? We talked about this three weeks ago. Everyone's going to overreact for one week's worth of data. Uh, don't. Don't do it. So I, I highly encourage you to almost just, you know, men in black, forget what you saw last week. Like, there's not that much, nothing has changed from when we liked Harris, Harris English last week and we liked Ryan Palmer. Um, I, I still think that those are, are reasonable bets to make. First round leader. Uh, I have a tool in the works for this, for first round leader. Um, because... You know, there, the, it's 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 a rare opportunity to get the studs at longer numbers. Like Rory goes from what twelve to one to win the golf tournament to twenty two to one to be the first round leader, and then it also gives you access to guys like what's Brian Stewart's number? I'm gonna have to bet Brian Stewart here. I think. Here we go. Brian Stewart, one hundred and fifty fifty to one to be your first round leader. Um, I think I mentioned this in the DFS video. Brian Stewart. Shot the round of the day on Sunday. He went out very early. He went out in the first, I shouldn't even call it a first group. He was by himself. Uh, He didn't have a playing partner. He didn't have a marker. Went out first on Sunday morning. Shot a 64 the round of the day with a bogey on 18. I understand playing with no pressure early in the morning on a Sunday when the greens are pure. uh, Like, I, I understand that. It's a lot different than shooting a 64 later in the day on Sunday. But assuming, and, and tee times aren't out yet, waiting on tee times here. If Brian Stewart gets an early morning tee time, if Chesson Hadley, same thing. He went out on Saturday, did the same thing, shot the round of the day by himself. If those guys can get early round tee times, I like that. You know, they, they found something or potentially found something uh, on the weekends there at Colonial. Might be able to carry that over into Harbor Town this week. Matchups. Uh, these were some pretty good matchups here. Um, let me see which ones jumped out at me. Oh, Fowler and Kisner. I wanted to run that one through the head-to-head tool here. So let's do Fowler versus Kisner because on the surface, you would think Fowler would take the vast majority of the money here. Um, Kisner obviously is a better, you know, more natural, I guess, fit for for Harbor Town. But my, um, let me make this a little bit bigger for you. My model puts Ricky Fowler winning 
a four-round matchup with Kevin Kisner 61% of the time. That's pretty significant. You know, his true money line without um, without the juice, obviously, is minus 160. Will Hill has it straight up minus 110, minus 110. That's kind of a joke. So I think that's a trap on the Kisner side because everyone knows, you know, Kisner likes Harbortown. It's a good fit for him. Probably still shouldn't be a coin flip with Ricky Fowler. So um, that's one that I ran in the head-to-head matchup tool. You can run this. It's on it's on rickrungood.com. Um, but I thought that was interesting. You know, just as an anecdote, I, I really obviously like Gary Woodland this week, so getting him against um, Matt Kuchar's Matt Kuchar's pretty good. And then I thought I saw that they had, like, top European bets. Let me see if I can find these again because I was just looking at these. One second. I, I honestly don't know where it went. I, I, I just had RBC Heritage. I just had the the um like top Euro, top English player. Am I going crazy here? Did I just lose it while I was did they take it off while I was doing this video? Um I don't know. I I, I will tell you the one that I remember and the one that st- stood out to me was Terrell Hatton plus three hundred to be top English. So it's basically Rose is the favorite. Then it's Terrell Hatton three to one. I like Hatton there. I don't know where it went. Um, pretty high on Hatton. So we'll have to keep an eye on that. Maybe they're updating them as we're, as I'm, as I'm talking through it. Anyway, let's jump over to the one and done here really quickly. I think by this point, if you've watched the DFS video, if you've watched, uh, you know, listen to this, this episode, obviously, you know, the guys that I'm high on. So we have to kind of translate that into one and done. And we have to kind of translate that into, um, you know, maybe a little bit more strategy. So let's look at total golfer usage, uh, this season. And there's Hideki. He's been used 48% of the time. He's going to make his debut this week. Sung J M 41. John Rahm, 37. So those are the most popular golfers overall. Let's look at what the most popular golfers uh, last year here were. Although I will tell you, um, vastly different field, right? I mean, this field's absolutely stacked. Top five players in the world here. Kuchar was very popular last year. He ended up earning you 745000 That would have been, what, a second place finish, I believe? Uh, Jim Furyk, very popular. Patrick Cantlay, Kevin Kisner, Webb Simpson. That's the profile, right? That's the profile of golfer that hits a lot of fairways, hits a lot of greens. Um, I I really think this is going to depend a lot on your positioning within your said one and done contest. This is not a big prize pool by any stretch of the imagination. Um, if you are trying to front run, you know, if you're trying to get a stud at the top, I, I do think that for one and done purposes, like Webb is a pretty good front runner. He's an elite player. I don't care what you what you say. I know he's not a top five player in the world, but his his strokes gain numbers are absolutely elite. It should be a good spot for him. Um, someone like Victor Hovland, I think, is super interesting because let's be real here: the lack of fans. I think it really helps out. I, I don't think it hurts the big name players. They're they're fine. They're used to playing in front of, you know, 20,000 people flanking every single tee and green. But the no-name guys, it's also why I think Berger, you know, Berger on Sunday, 
without hearing the crowd roars, without hearing all that stuff, without the pressure even more amplified on him, gets a really good draw with Harold Varner III on, on Sunday. That is like a no-pressure group whatsoever, uh, that pairing right there. And I don't know if it helps. I mean, I don't, I don't know if that was part of it for Berger, but I don't, think it, I don't think it hurts. So you look at guys like Victor Hovland, who obviously I love, this is much more like his amateur days. This is much more like his college days. No fans out there to worry about. He does, you know, if he gets paired with Rory or someone at some point, you know, he's not worried about the throngs of fans running from from T to green. Uh, that feels like a pretty good fit for him. So uh, that's the type of thing that I'm taking also into consideration for this week. I'm going to look at what the uh, last year's winner's path was. Um, let's see here. Actually, let's look at... Let's look at Webb. Look at Webb's profile here. So you can see, yeah, Webb has natural playing points. One, two, three, four, five times last year he was picked over 200 times. I'd argue that's probably the most, um, you know, concentrated ownership in, in certain events. You know, Rory kind of gets played at the majors. Um, some guys get spread out over the course of a season. But Webb gets played a lot, especially the 255 times he was picked last week. To get you zero points, I really do believe Webb is probably the best one and done pick this week. Um, Because so many people have already burned him. And guys that wanted to play him last week or might have played him in in, in fantasy, but they didn't use him in their one and done, they're certainly not going to go back to him. So I, I think that's an opportunity to kind of buy buy low a little bit. Let's check out Victor's uh, profile for the season. Uh, yeah, Puerto Rico Open obviously won that for the half a million bucks. Hasn't been, and actually a lot of people burned him there. A lot of people burned him at 348. 348 of you burned him. That's actually a, a great place to use him. Uh, has pretty much flown under the radar since. You know, 53 picks or less every single week. I'm going to say that goes up this week. I'm going to say that goes up. I'm going to I'm probably going to play him. Uh maybe not in it depends on my one and done situation, but I I obviously like him quite a bit. And let's see what Gary Woodlands is because Woodlands going to be one of the more popular players this week. Yeah, wow. Um very similar to last year where Woodland gets used early in the season and then like not that much ever again. Uh last year Almost eight, over 800 combined picks between the first two tournaments of the year. Wow. Kind of similar this year. I mean, 400 picks at, at Farmers, another 177 at Waste Management, another 278 at Honda. That's a lot of people who have already used Gary Woodland. This feels like one of the better spots for him. Um, might have to consider Gary if you are still able to use him. So there you go. That, that's generally what I'm thinking. You've got my bets for the week. You've got my thoughts for the week. I will uh, have to narrow down a one-and-done pick um, moving forward. But, yeah, this should be a lot of fun. Another star-packed field. Let me know who you're playing. Tweet me, at Rick Good, And, uh, yeah, we'll catch you next time.